This is Derrick Henry, and you listen to Faith on the Field Show. Welcome to Faith on the Field Show, presented by International Justice Mission. I'm Rob Motti with my beautiful wife, Remy. It's good to be back after a little break. NFL season was long. It was it was grueling and needed some time to refresh after the Super Bowl, but the NFL really never sleeps. Free agency starts next week. Major trades this week involving guys that we know very well here on Faith on the Field Show. Russell Wilson goes to Denver. Carson Wentz goes to Washington. Sports are definitely a crazy business. Here today, gone tomorrow. Love you today. They hate you the next day. Our guest this week is former NFL MVP Sean Alexander. So stay tuned to hear from Sean. Really enjoyed catching up with him before the Super Bowl. But I mentioned I had a recharge, and I think we all need to recharge. You and I and the girls, mm-hmm. we went to Disney last week, and I think after you go to Disney, you really need to recharge. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You need a vacation after that vacation. It's not that really not much a of a vacation. That is not a vacation. That is just... I don't know. Just like you have it's to, chaos. it's training for like a marathon or something. Yeah. That's what you do. You, you go there. You go to Disney to train for a marathon. Well, it was our first time, so wow. now we know better. Like now we know what to expect, right? Now we know how to plan it out next do time. Do we? Um, the only way I can plan this out is to to sleep like twenty four hours in advance. Well, yeah, and not do anything to plan for to, this. To make sure, I, I don't know yeah. if anything really can prepare you for the amount of walking and the waiting and the lines. And I don't want to hear no. about fast pass, this pass, oh, that pass. None of it nightmare. works. You're still going to have to wait. So I think the yeah. best thing to do is uh, you make sure you go in a month or a day outside of March because we yes. went and we went and what was it last week was the first week of March yeah first week we're of March. talking like very fir- like very first so day there was, it was like, spring break we, like yeah. we made a rookie mistake we're we're now Florida residents and we can go 12 months a year and instead we go the first week yeah, of but we thought March. it was going to be worse like the, the the second and third week oh, not it is first. it's probably worse this week it's oh, probably it's worse next now. week but yeah. we we learned we had a good time we had fun but we needed to recharge yeah. I needed to recharge after the Super Bowl I went to Disney and I needed to recharge after that and I'm in the process of recharging but I want to talk about a spiritual recharge on this episode and Jesus talks in a way about spiritually recharging uh, I'm going to read a little bit from Mark 6 30 to 33 mm-hmm. and this is where Jesus is about to feed the 5,000 but before he says that the apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that they had done and taught Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, Jesus said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. And that's where, and then the crowd follows them, and then Jesus feeds the 5,000. But before he does that, they rested. Mm -hmm. They prayed. And Jesus is recognizing, he recognizes the importance of, of not getting caught up in all of our work, even the spiritual work, even the work that we're doing for him and, and to be servants and for the kingdom. And we should take time to be alone in prayer and to recharge so we can serve the kingdom fully and do it in a way where we're not running out of fumes. And how do we recharge our spiritual battery, right? Like, for example, you have we all have cell phones. And if our cell phone is dying, we recharge it because if it's not fully charged, if it hits that zero, that dreaded zero, it's dead. Now you got to recharge it. If if we ourselves are getting tired and, and whether it's work that we do 
at our jobs or whether it's work that we do that is um, volunteer, hobbies, work that we do for the church, work that we do in ministry, whatever it is, we need to recharge. And to recharge spiritually, though, I think first and foremost, it starts with we stay in the word. Right. And Jesus said, Jesus says in, I believe this is, uh, I didn't write it down, Matthew, man shall not live on bread alone but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So we need to feed on the word instead of feeding on junk. See, I think a lot of times we like to feed on junk. We all do that in actual food, right? We're eating snack food. We're eating junk food. But uh, there's so much junk on social media. There's so much trash on TV. And if we get caught up in that, it's going to distract us from reading the word, from reflecting on what God wants us to do and remembering what Jesus teaches us. So it's not, though, only enough to read the word. We have to pray, and that's why he says, come with me quietly and get some rest. They go, they get some sleep, they pray together. If we don't pray, there's really no substitute for it. If we don't pray, the less that we pray, the more we can fall into that trap of temptation. And for that, Jesus also cautioned us, keep alert, and pray, otherwise temptation will overpower you, for the spirit is willing enough, the body is weak. So I know you joke a lot about your social battery. Yes, <laughs> my social battery is usually drained. Our, because I our, our spiritual battery <laughs> can get drained, and we need mm-hmm. to recharge that. Yeah, I'm one of those people that I have to have my quiet time, because if I don't, I... I don't know what I would do. Like, I just, I freak out. Like, seriously, it's bad. It's true. Like, I just need my quiet time and I need to recharge. And sometimes, like, resting, you don't really have to do much. You even have to pray. Sometimes God wants you to shut up. Like, <laughs> honestly, he just wants you to stop talking and stop doing and, and just be. And I find myself, like, because I don't necessarily, I don't know, I don't do that very often anymore, but I don't. I don't call this prayer anymore. I just I just talk to God and I just That's really I, prayer, I talk. Though. I know, I get that. But like I feel like when you say prayer it's like an official thing like dear Lord, you know, that. Yeah, you know? well, which well, is fine. It's totally fine. But I find myself like when I'm laying at night like this is what I do. When I'm laying on my bed, I just I shut up. I sh- I shut my mind <laughs> and I go, "I right, you you speak to me, Lord. Like whatever it is that you want to speak to me, speak mm-hmm. to me." And then I say Use my dreams, use my time when I'm sleeping to speak to me. Because usually that's when I really shut up, you know. My brain, all of our brains, not just mine, it's always working because it's a filtration system for what's happening in the middle of the day. So it takes everything that's happening and filters it out. So if you're consuming junk like you were saying, (laughs) what you're filtering out in your dreams is some serious stuff. Like it just, you wake up and you're like, what was that, you know. But if you're um, consuming good food and the Bible, what's going to happen at night is that you're filtering out really good stuff and God has some time to speak to you in your dreams and have some time to um, give you the good stuff. And I find Mm. myself when I do that, I do have those dreams that I must write down because they mean something. And sometimes I wake up also at five in the morning, then that's when like my visions happen. Like it's kind of interesting. But when I find myself not doing that, not doing my quiet time and not doing my prayer time, I don't do that. And I, it doesn't happen for me. So I'm not saying it's a formula. It's not a formula, yeah. but that's just what works for me. That's what 
he likes to, to talk to me during that time. Mm-hmm. Um, some people don't do the visions and dreams, and some people just God speaks to them during the day or whatever. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how he speaks to you, but he just wants you to, to quiet down. And by quieting down, I mean to be silent. I don't do that very well. I don't do that very well no, at all. Like, I, I like, never, no. mm-hmm. ever just sit there. Yeah, you have a problem with that. It's hard. It's very hard for me to do. Even when I'm trying to take time away from work to recharge, I'm thinking of other work or I'm thinking of other. All right. I'm taking yeah. time. If I'm off or I'm, I've got a few days off from AP and or I'm, I'm on vacation, I'm working on faith on the field. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm working on uh, event planning. I'm working on some of the things that we're doing, growing our ministry, whatever it is. I, I have a hard time sitting there quietly. This doesn't happen. Doing nothing. Yeah, it doesn't have to be like a 30-minute thing. It can be five minutes. You know, the world and the worldly people always do meditation. Mm. and But us Christians, they, we look at meditation as like uh, kumbaya, and we have to sit there <laughs> and like do some weird music and meditate. Meditation is actually being silent and, yeah, and being concentrating still. on one specific thought. And that specific thought could be just Christ. You know, yeah. and just like say the word Jesus, you know, and, 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 and Holy Spirit, just talk to me and he will talk to you. This is what he wants. He He's always right at the door knocking. Just open a door and he'll be right there. And we don't do that. Christians always just like take the worldly things and think it's it's not for me. But the funny thing is everything on this planet Earth came from him first. Whatever you see around you is the fake side of the coin. So meditation is just a fixed sign, the fixed side of just connecting to God and just being silent in his presence. Meditation is, is something I think that is very important. And if done properly, it can be such an important tool for us to recharge spiritually, right? Absolutely. And, 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 not, and not, just, not just spiritually, but complete recharge. Like I needed, when I came back from the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. I needed time off. I needed to sit there and not think about football, yeah. not write about football, not talk about football. And gosh, it's so hard to do because football never stops making news. There's mm-hmm. so much football, but I needed that. Yeah. And it was so important for me. But I realized that as much as I need to recharge away from work, I need to recharge spiritually. And that's something that I'm hoping to do, trying to do better by staying in the word reflecting and praying up next you're going to hear from sean alexander you're listening to faith on a field show presented by international justice mission today over 40 million people are being forced into trafficking and slavery one in four are children we cannot allow them to suffer in silence we need you we need everybody Go to IJM.org backslash take action, get information, understand how you can be involved. Because of the work that you are committing to do, they will be free. This is Dak Prescott, and you're listening to Faith on the Field Show. Back to Faith on a Field Show presented by International Justice Mission. I'm Rob Motti with Remy. If you're listening to us for the first time, you can go to faithonafieldshow.com. Find every episode since we launched in 2017. We've had an incredible lineup of guests. You can listen anytime at your convenience on any of the podcast platforms. You'll hear the full interviews on there. Be sure also to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Faith on the Field. And tell a friend about the show. I want to take a minute to thank our wonderful sponsors. Please check them out on our website, International Justice Mission. 
and Heritage's Dairy Stores. If you would like to be a sponsor for our show, help our ministry grow, please reach out to us at team at faithonafieldshow.com. We have various packages that we can cater specifically to fit your needs. Our goal is to be on a sports radio station in every state. So if you don't have a business to advertise on, but you want to help the ministry, we do have a donate button on our page on faithonafieldshow.com. Our guest this week, Sean Alexander, was the 2005 NFL MVP with the Seattle Seahawks. He was also Offensive Player of the Year when he ran for 27 touchdowns. He had 28 total touchdowns, helped Seattle reach the Super Bowl that season. Sean ran for almost 10,000 yards in his career and had exactly 100 rushing touchdowns in nine seasons. We talk about his career and much more. Here's my conversation with Sean Alexander. As we get set for this Super Bowl, Sean, you had an opportunity to play in one of these, and you were coming off. You had what a phenomenal year, man. 27 touchdowns rushing, uh, one, 28 total that season. Before you even talk about the Super Bowl, that season for you, what was that like? Because it, it's historic. It's in, it was an yeah. incredible season. Yeah, I, I try to tell people it, it was like I was being carried by angels. You know what I mean? Like it, it was the most focused I'd felt. I feel like I was in the right place physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. I, it, it's one of those times where – you know, when you're in, in that zone, I've been in zone in games and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. But a zone for a season, it's, 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 uh, it's amazing. And um, I think I was prepping myself to be able to be a player like that all the way through my career. You know, that was the fifth year that I'd had 15 or more touchdowns. So, you know, so I became the first guy to ever do that. And uh, that was the goal. I, I I loved scoring touchdowns. That was like my biggest. I always wanted to be the guy that had that moment where the the dad's got his son over his arm and says, "Man, look at Sean!" I wanted to be that guy, and it just all came together that year at a at a wonderful way. You guys get to play in the Super Bowl, and and you don't win. What is the experience like, though, just to be able to to reach that point? to get to what is the pinnacle of your sport, representing the NFC in that and being on, on that close to it, but then not tasting that success in the end. Yeah. I, I don't know what winning a Super Bowl is like, and I, I, ooh, I wish I would, you know what I mean? But, but what everybody tells me is one of the most sweetest feelings is winning the NFC championship or the AFC to know that you finally got to the mountain, to the top of the mountain and the game itself kind of is, is uniquely different, but but that's what everybody says. And so us carrying the trophy around the stadium, knowing that because it was a home game, knowing that we were about to go to the Super Bowl was was an amazing feeling. And kind of prepping that week, um, the last week in Seattle before we head down to the Super Bowl, um, it was just a lot of fun. Like it, it, those two weeks of prepping for the Super Bowl was was amazing and you, you just really never forget it you know from the nfc championship all the way to to the end of the super bowl that that's two weeks the, that you'll just always remember how everything you did bringing the city together fans coming alive for for this to, to come and celebrate their their local heroes it's uh it's pretty amazing and then you know all of us players we were been, been training since we were six seven eight years old to get to the super bowl the greatest most watched game in in history every year Tell me a little bit about the work that you're going to be uh, involved in at, at the Super Bowl with Stand Together, with the Players Coalition and Cafe Momentum. Yeah, it's been really exciting. You know, um, the Player Coalition, Anquan Bolden is a good friend of mine. He, he started with Malcolm Jenkins and uh, their job and their goal is to create a group on Avenue for all the players 
to get together and impact um, impact our country for good. And then um, staying together, you know, it's about about 700 of some of the most successful men, women, and philanthropic leaders in the country, and I'm an ambassador for them. So I just thought, man, if I could just pull them together with Cafe Momentum, which is, um, it started with uh, a really uh, award-winning chef named Chad Hauser, who, uh, he uh, he has a restaurant in Dallas, but he changed that restaurant uh, basically to a, um, a new way to have a juvenile justice. And uh, kids that get caught in trouble, instead of going to a juvenile or going to prison, they turn into a, they go to his restaurant and they're part of a, a, a year paid internship. Wow. And so, and what he did is he's just put the right people around. He put the ecosystem around those kids perfectly. They've got, they've got tutors, they've got social workers, they've got psychologists, um, you know, and I came from a big family. I said, man, all you did was you just put aunties and uncles around these kids. That's And, and what's happened is, is, they've become really, really healthy and that, and it's given them a chance to make better decisions and become successful at his restaurant. The thousands of kids that come there, they have a 15% recidivism, which, which is the opportunity to go back to jail. Um, and around our country, if you go in there, Julie, about 50% go back and it's only 15% for, for the, his restaurant. So that's really, really amazing. But if I talked about the 85%, the kids that, stay out of it and how successful they come. They're, they're becoming nurses. They're becoming college graduates. You know, <laughs> it, it way outshadows even the great numbers of kids not going to prison. It's the success of what happens with kids with the right ecosystem around them. And so we all got together, Cafe Momentum, Players Coalition, staying together. And we're doing these pop-up dinners because I came up with the great idea of man, can we put one of these for in every NFL city? <laughs> and so they're like, let's try it. And so now we've got, we, we've started the second one and the third one, which is in Nashville and Pittsburgh. Um, we're going to announce our fourth one in LA um, at the Super Bowl. And we're, we're, the goal is simple. Let's go put 30 of these in every NFL city and let's go change the world and change how we do juvenile justice and, uh, and really bring success, true success and bring life to kids that have made, you know, in some cases, dumb decisions, but in some of them, what helped them see what happens when you put um, the right system around them. Um, you know, it's, to me, it's really about what Stand Together always says, just believing in people. Um, I got around with a group of, a group of organizations from the NFL, from Stand Together, from Players Coalition, that truly just believe in people. And when you do, um, and you put the right ecosystem around them, success does happen. That's so awesome. I, I know these kids, they really need that mentorship, that leadership. Some might have a broken home. They may not have a father figure, whatever it is. So whatever we can all do, really, I, I think uh, organizations like Stand Together and with the Players Coalition and, and how Cafe Momentum is bringing it together. This is awesome. I, I know there's going to be a food truck experience on Thursday at Radio Row. So I'll be there. I'm going to make sure, Sean, to stop by and, and say hello. And if you guys are going to bring one to every every city, one one of these, uh, Tampa, man, let's go. Let's yeah. bring it on down here. I'm right, I'm right, I'm right by uh, the Bucks, and uh, let's get one down here. Before I, I let you go, man, I got to ask you this. What does it mean to you? Because I love that you put this in your bio on Twitter, Disciple Maker. What does it mean to you to be <laughs> a Disciple Maker? Because for me, it's it's like the number one thing. That's I use all my platforms to point people to Jesus. Yeah, you know, uh, a true disciple, I was taught by this, so by my disciples and my mentors, they told me a true discipler is a, a follower of Jesus, a believer of Jesus, a lover of Jesus, 
a, a, a worker of Jesus and a labor of Jesus. And when you, when you do those things, um, you just end up impacting real people's lives. So I fully believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. I truly, uh, I truly uh, follow him with everything that I'm doing. I'm always asking questions. Lord, is this you? Or is this just a pizza I just ate because I love some pizza? Which one is it? Um, I'm truly a, a, um, a worshiper of Jesus. God, I, I, I praise you. I have reverence for what you said. And, uh, and I'm going to obey what you do. That's what a true worshiper is. And I'm truly a lover of Jesus, which is a choice to have strong, a strong desire, strong devotions, rapid truth. The truth is you're not going to give me my way, but, I, but I'm still going to be a lover of yours, you know. And then the last one is I'm a laborer. And, um, you know, I, I help teach people what the gospel really says and how you really have a real identity and real authority when you connect it with Jesus. Um, I actually pray for people that are sick and I watch them get held and I actually pray and help people that are afflicted and affliction can come in so many different ways sometimes it's the conversation and sometimes it's money out of your pocket and sometimes it's just a meal and sometimes it's just sitting with somebody but I believe that true believe true disciples they they help share the gospel they help help the people that are sick and they help people that are afflicted amen beautifully said Sean this was an absolute pleasure thank you so much uh, for taking some time hey no doubt man no doubt thank you That's it for this week. Thank you to Sean Alexander. Thank you to Doug Horton, Pastor Scott Foreman, and everyone on our team. And thank you for listening to Faith on the Field Show presented by International Justice Mission. For Remy, I'm Rob Motti reminding you, make a difference. Be a blessing. Today, over 40 million people are being forced into trafficking and slavery. One in four are children. We cannot allow them to suffer in silence. We need you. We need everybody. Go to IJM.org backslash take action, get information, understand how you can be involved. Because of the work that you are committing to do, they will be free. Hey, this is Rob Motti. If you enjoyed listening to Faith on the Field Show presented by International Justice Mission, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Faith on the Field Show. And be sure to let us know. We love to read your messages. Today, over 40 million people are being forced into trafficking and slavery. One in four are children. We cannot allow them to suffer in silence. We need you. We need everybody. Go to IJM.org backslash take action, get information, understand how you can be involved. Because of the work that you are committing to do, they will be free. We have operations all over the world rescuing people from slavery because today there are criminals who abuse children, sell girls. How old is she? 12. 12? How much? 30? Yeah, yeah, I'm at And force families into slavery. Criminals prey on the easiest target, the world's poor, because they expect no one to defend them. But today, there are thousands of people gathering to seek justice for those in slavery. We are a group of lawyers, counselors, activists, and supporters. We are called International Justice Mission. Together, we form the largest international anti-slavery organization in the world. 
But slavery won't come to an end until criminals know they can't get away with it. So we partner with local police to arrest and prosecute criminals. This sends a message to slave owners. We will not go away. We stay with the survivors until they are healed. Until they are free. Each year we rescue thousands of slaves and protect millions around the world. We are transforming how justice systems protect their citizens. To those who are still enslaved, we promise to find you. We will get you home to your families so you can have the freedom you deserve.